Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening, Labor Day weekend. Holy moly, where did it go? We are into fall. The full moon the other day has triggered all of the plants to start slowing down and changing color a little bit. So hopefully the weather looks actually really nice going into um, September here. So hopefully we'll get some gorgeous fall colors, which... Uh, yeah, we've kind of we've been able to enjoy the last couple of years. We're getting a little bit more of a, a spring, summer, and fall season, which is uh, it's kind of nice. <laughs> Winters. Uh, I've seen some of the forecast. They say the La Nina switching to El Nina or something, which is not good for us. I guess we're going to get a lot of snow and uh, and cold. So I guess we'll see how that all goes. And but that's good for our trees. Helps get them uh, watered in good and stay frozen over the winter time. Anyways, if you'd like to join me today, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. Um, just a reminder, and I haven't changed my commercials, but uh, our fall sale has started, so all the trees are on sale right now, trees and shrubs. So go down and check it out. Pots are on sale, all kinds of fun stuff. So you'll be able to get some good deals down there and around all the garden centers. I'm sure most of us are into that season again. We go into September and look at our inventory, and uh, it's a good time to get some good deals. Great time to plant. The soil is nice and warm, and it's great for the plants that get in, and the soil is warm. The roots can take hold right away. And just remember, you're going to go into garden centers right now, and you're going to see plants that aren't looking the best on some. Some are going to look fabulous at some of the fall plants. But if you're looking at peonies or bleeding hearts or lupins or some of the things that are a spring, summer, blooming type plant, they're not going to look the greatest right now in, in the garden center in the pots. Um because they're typically have been downloading, they're going to. So what you're really buying is roots of perennials, which is perfect. So right now you plant them, get them in, water them in really well, and keep watering them like you would normally right up until freeze up. Uh, I did a big planting the other day, and uh, but it's just important get the get the watering in. Um, ensure you you can get them soaked in really good for that first little bit. We're still going to have some warm days. I know all through the week, it looks like we're kind of in that 20. Next weekend, again, 25. And uh, so, yeah, but get out, enjoy, do some gardening. And uh, it's a perfect time to, to do gardening. You can typically save a little bit of money. And it's great for the plants right now. The soil is nice and warm. And this is the best time, too, if you want to start amending your soil adding some nutrients and some compost or sea soil. Love doing that right now. This time of year, add that in. So I just leave it on top, work around sort of like mulch and uh, let, let those nutrients soak in over the winter time. They help protect your plants. And I'm not a big advocate of cutting back everything too, too much. Um, you like to leave a lot of the foliage on your plants. So that way, all that energy goes back into the plant and then also works um, as a cover. So that's our mother's nature's way. Like 
say, a daylily or the Stelladoras, where they just sort of fold over top of themselves and they hold the moisture in there. It's also very beneficial. It's going to hold all the bugs and good beneficial bugs that will be in our garden over the winter time. So we want to we want to see those next spring a place for the ladybugs to hide out and things like that. So, and again, it's uh, going into fall, and those are the kind of things I do. I do like to blow all the leaves off of the grass into your shrub beds as they're falling here, and and we're gonna yeah and and do that. That helps protect them, create those little places for the for the bugs to hang out and uh, have a good place to hide out for the for the winter time. So anyways, got to help out with mother nature a little bit here and there. So, and if you still have annual planters, you're still got, if the weather looks the way it is, we're going to get a couple more months here of where you can still enjoy your annuals, but ensure that you're feeding them, feed them at least once a week, um, 20, 20, 20, or 15, 30, 15, continue to do that right into fall. I know, uh, um, Annuals are still looking great. I see a few places where you see them and people that have been fertilizing them and they look fabulous. Finally getting a couple <laughs> um, hummingbirds over here at my at my place. And uh, in talking with one of the neighbors, he says, yeah, typically we don't get a ton through this neighborhood, just kind of when they're going through. So I'm hoping we can change that. I uh, put a whack of, uh, of those vermilion there in some of my planters, hoping to see some of them. Um, so anyways, hopefully we get that and see a few more here in September, but it was good to see a couple this past week, which was, uh, kind of nice. I was a little discouraged there earlier on, not seeing any hummingbirds. So, but I, from what I hear, a few people haven't seen a ton either, and I'm going to be scheduling Myrna, the bird expert. She's going to be on in the next, uh, week or two. And we'll we'll get her lined up so that way we can uh, figure out what we need to do for our birds and uh, going into into fall. One thing I do have is a lot of blue jays, and they love the peanuts. But it's always a it's a game playing between the the, the blue jay and the squirrels. So you kind of you throw a few peanuts out when the blue jays are out in the morning. They come and it's kind of interesting. So they grab it, they take it up in the tree, they whack the shell up against the branch to break it open, eat their peanut. So that's uh, kind of fun. Anyways, reality TV in your own backyard. There you go. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. I'm not too sure. Is uh, Terry on the line there, Tony? All right. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you today? Doing really good. Good, good. Started our... Um, sale in the shrub lot, tree lot, and perennial house. Yeah, we sure um, did. Yeah. So did you, uh, we were moving lots of stuff out there the last couple of days? or? Yeah, there's lots of gems out there and uh, lots of carts going out the door this, yesterday. So I was kind of envious. I kind of wanted some of those plants that were heading out <laughs> myself. So <laughs> Yeah, but, no. Uh, we... Yeah, glad they're going to good homes. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. You know, and we always typically, I know we're not just clearing out what's left over we brought in almost a full truck of new inventory on thursday and uh so that's something we do um typically even before our sale we still like to bring in some some of the mainstays because there's some of those nice plants that uh just look so good in the fall i know 
you've been bringing in lots of the echinaceas and different things um, that just just screaming the fall. So, um, what are your some uh, some of your favorite plants that you would uh, like for fall? If people are looking, they're looking outside right now. They have no color. No color. Yeah. yeah so, so no, but if so, they want to add some color. What would you What would you do? Yeah, I'd probably look at um, for for perennial wise. Uh, I'd look at uh, echinaceas for sure. Uh, alliums are great. Um, sedums, uh, sedums are have come a long, long way. Seems very quickly uh, in the trade. We've got uh, sedums that there's there's new ones coming out uh, that we saw at the show in Ohio uh, that are um, almost a ready velvet color. Um, yeah. We've got uh, we got coral. There's uh, yellow. It, it runs the. It runs the range of color, but um, actually the, the perennial bed that we have out in the front of the store is, is kind of coming into its own now. Um, I mean, it looked okay yeah. through the season, but as those season heads start to turn color and those echinaceas are, are you know maturing and there's lots of allium in there too, um, I could take a, a few notes myself because I was looking at my own garden this morning. I'm like, there's lots of green here, meaning like the flowers have done and finished their put yeah, on their show. some fall color. I need some fall color, so I need to take uh, a lesson from my own planting here at the store and and, and take it home well, with me. <laughs> you know why? You know why that it's like that at the store because typically we plant it near the end of the season. We planted it, fall. and, and we, we sort of what's left, and we kind of so, it, yeah. So we're yeah. a victim of our own circuit, but each it's a good victim. Yeah. Um, some of the other things, hydrangeas, like. I know at my other house, I had East Backyard and I had the limelights, um, and they bloom like crazy. But it wasn't till later; like I wouldn't get them a till a little bit later for sure. Yeah, but, mid to um, end of July because they were on the east, and they weren't getting that intense sun. It took a little longer. Right. But man, like they would do you right into fall. Um, your quick fires, all those in your um, Annabelles, you're gonna get. Those are gonna give us great fall color going right into right into wintertime so another great one carl forrester yeah. grass carl forrester yeah classic but i mean you can't beat it right it just you, you plant it a very minimal maintenance a little cleanup in the spring and it just you know it just is super showy yeah and is there what about um any of the smaller i know we have the typical the autumn joy sedum but you brought in a few dwarf varieties those i'm looking forward to see how those work especially in the front of beds they work as a great border plant yeah so we can get sedums they range you know from just a few inches high uh to, to some mid height you know in that 12 inch range up to the 18 24 inch plus you know sedum autumn joys so you can you can use them sort of mid border um or front of border mid border and the back of the border too um they're just so versatile and <clears throat> probably one of my favorite perennials if only because they uh, they typically love a, a nutrient poor soil, they're not uh, they're not heavy feeders. They actually kind of resent yeah. being um, fertilized. So uh, they're almost uh, you know plant them and Neglect almost forget them. them. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah if you baby them, they'll, they'll they'll probably not do as well. So yeah, just a overall right. a great and, perennial. And we got a quick text here. Good morning. Is there still time to put some grass seed down? Absolutely. Like I was saying, right now is perfect time for sod, um, grass seed. The soil is nice and warm. You're going to get a good germination. Um, if you're laying sod this time of year, it's perfect because you're not going to have that intense daytime heat. 
but the ground is nice and warm. It's going to root in really quickly, a lot quicker than early spring, than spring when the soil is cold. So right now you put it down, soil's warm, that sod's just going to root in in no time. So um, perfect time to do sod, seed, um, also some of your, um, your, your wildflowers, some of that stuff. And uh, so great time to, to do some of that uh, grass or patching up some spots because um, right now we still have the warm enough days, and uh, but the soil is nice and warm, so you're going to get really good germination. Anyways, I and Terry, we need to take a quick break, and when we get back, if you'd like to join us, uh, phone lines will be wide open, and the text, we already got a couple of texts, 403 nine seven four eight two five five you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening and let's talk gardening is brought to you by spruce it up calories year-round full service garden center spruce it up green it up prune it up we got you covered and if you'd like to join us phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 and we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Bryce. Good morning, Bryce. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can we help you? Well, it's funny. I've lived in the same house here in the inner city since 97. And I have a huge, beautiful crab apple tree in my backyard. And I love it. Uh, this year, though, I mean, it has more crab apples on it than I've ever seen. Anyway, I've just been away for a month. And I came home. And literally, there's... 5,000 crabs on my lawn (laughs) and you know two-thirds of them have turned to mush so normally I like years ago I bought a tool at uh, Lee Valley that just you sort of roll this thing over and it it makes it easy to pick them up so I've done that but I mean there's just literally thousands that are just mush in my grass so my question to you is can I just leave that in the grass, or is it? Uh, I'm worried it's acidic. I don't know if it's acidic or not. Yeah, it, it's, kill it's, my it's grass much or? better to clean it up. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you probably have the doggle crab, which is that's the look I get to when people a Terry in the tree lot. Yeah. When when we go, when we say, hey, how about a gladiator crab apple, and then they just get flashbacks of what you're going through, Brace. They go, no, I don't want the mosh pit, <laughs> but. Um, and they are great, but they're they're small. And these years, like this right now, you get like there's like you said that this is a really good harvest year. We had a good spring, um, um, great warmth through the through the summer, so lots of uh, lots of fruit on most of the apples and and pears and and plums and stuff in Calgary and southern Alberta. So it's a, been a great harvest. But, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, with the, with those, I, I would still recommend just get a good fan rake and yep. a scoop shovel, try and rake it into little piles, and then just scoop them up is, is sort of your best bet. Okay, I was worried you were going to say that, but thanks for the advice. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> there goes Sorry. my long weekend. Yeah, yeah, either that or, yeah, you walk around and mush them into the ground. But, yeah, you might, I think it's still much better to uh, to pick them up. Um, if they stay, they, in the sense that you have too many, like this, like it's nice when the birds will come in and, and take some of them, things like that. But it sounds like you have enough for uh, a whole a whole flock. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah, so I think I'd do the cleanup. I've got nice. rabbits eating them, squirrels eating them. My whole backyard is it's, uh, really full of uh, wildlife these days, that's for sure. Which, okay, it, which is pretty cool, right? So, 
Yeah. Anyway, thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. Good show. All right. Yep. Thanks, Bryce. Take care. Take care. Bye. Yeah. And and Terry, like, and I know we always, and I still get that, like, because some of the ornamental crabs are some of my favorite trees now. Like, I love the gladiator, um, the spring snow, and then some of the other um, ornamental crabs. They're just such good trees. Um, but you get that look, right? They just, oh, yeah, agree. a vision Can't of the old them. doggle, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Dougal give them a bad rap, but uh, unfortunately, the new ornamental crabs, the the crabs are much smaller, and they typically will hang on to the tree throughout the whole winter. Uh, birds kind of pick away at them, so there isn't a whole lot of mess usually to clean up on those. But the edible crab apples, yeah, they can be they can be a bit of a brute to yeah to deal yeah, with. But there clean is. Up after. But if you are looking at fruit, we are very fortunate. There's so many nice um, fruit trees available. Like that are real apples and and pears and cherries, like they've they've just improved the varieties that uh, are available to us and that are really nice and hardy. Because um, I, I know we have a couple of places that we look after and work with on some gardens, and one of them um, has a bit of a mini orchard. And uh, I <laughs> go through there, and whenever I'm out there, I, I just that's my snack, right? Just walk through, I grab an <laughs> apple, grab a. And right now the pears are ready, and they're real pears. Like we're so if you're looking to grow stuff here, like they're they they are available, and we'll do quite well here. So um, don't be afraid of the old uh, the doggo crab and and things like that because um, they are messy. I know I removed one from an old house that I used to have, and uh, and it's just because yeah, you get you get the mosh pit underneath, and it's just uh, it's unfortunate. And but I like I said I just use some of the purple spires. I have a I had a small area along a driveway, and they they only get two feet wide. So I used them just sort of create some column, and they create that uh, they they're great for bordering for dividing without putting a full hedge in or something like that. Or if you just have a narrow spot, they work great because they can cover a nice area. You get nice pink flowers in the spring. And and through the summer they just give you beautiful foliage. So, yeah, they're, they're, they are a great plant um, to use in your in your garden. So don't be afraid of them. And, yeah, for but, sure we are, and we actually have uh, quite a number of them in stock. So, yeah, they they came up on the veil with one yeah. of our growers. They were ready in in a good sized pot, which we haven't been able to get a whole lot of over over the last little bit because this the. Uh, it's just nice. The inventory levels are back up to getting up to normal where we're able to get some 10 and 15, 20-gallon plants again. And it's just great to see that uh, a lot of those are available. I've um, got a couple of quick texts. And then and we, we're, I was going to go to John, but we only have a, a little bit of time so um, before we have to take a break. So what we'll do is we'll just do a couple texts. Uh, and i got a person to send me. I'm not sure if there's a question. Um, sending a picture of the point set. It looks like she's already starting to get um, some color coming up. And how do I keep 200 pounds of potatoes from going bad over the winter? That is a good question. I think you need a, a really nice, good cold storage area. Um, those breathable burlap sacks, from what I understand. And because you do wonder that, you know, you go in the grocery store, Terry, and you see. BC apples in in January 
<laughs> how do they keep that thing so long? And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, if if anybody has a good good um, good way to store potatoes, um, give us a call or send me a text. We want to hear from you. Help us out on that one. Do you have any ideas on that, Terry? I haven't grown enough potatoes in our family. We always. We, like, when I grew up, there was five boys in half the neighborhood lived in our house, <laughs> and my sister. So, like, we went through potatoes. Like, there was never like enough crazy. potatoes. Yeah, yeah, there, there were never, there, Yeah, there was no. Yeah, we never have to worry about that. So, um, yeah. You, my thoughts on that, or what I know of them, are yeah, keep them cool and dark. Yeah, cool and dark. All right. Yeah. All right. We got to go. We got to take a break. Um, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're just waiting for Terry to get back on the line. We'll get him to go. And right now we're going to go with the phone line. We're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning down there. Hey, how you doing, sir? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Good, uh, good. You were talking about soil amendments. Yes, sir. And I replaced mine last, uh, well, this spring. Yeah, with uh, the yellow bag, but do I have to do that every year, or can I? No, just amend to it. Just and, and typically, what I do when you dig out the roots, are you, are you talking in your veggie boxes? In and my stuff? garden John? boxes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just sort of when you remove the roots and the and the plants and stuff in the fall when you do your cleanup. Um, this I like to just leave it a bit lumpy. And then you can either amend it at that time or sometimes in boxes, it's good to leave it over the winter and then do it in the spring. Just take the top 10, 20, 30% out sort of thing. And depending on what you grew in there before, um, and then just add in some new stuff just to amend the, the top and never, ever have to really replace all of it. John, you should just, just, just keep adding to it. And, uh, and even throughout the season, as you go and you harvest, if you want to throw in a bag, a three-in-one, or the sea soil, things like that, that would be great. Yeah. What does the sea soil do? Well, it, it it just adds all kinds of mycorrhizums and different, like, organic matter into your soil. So, because most of our, our, our topsoil is very clay-based here in Calgary and in this area, southern Alberta. So, it just adds those microorganisms, brings our soil to life. And, and which we need, because if you have good soil, it just it makes all the difference, right? It just gets things going and able to just thrive a lot more. So, and does that come by the bag? Yes, it does. Yeah, okay. yeah, it comes out of BC. Um, I guess sea soil, hence the name. There, they 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 pull <laughs> off stuff out of the out of the ocean, like seashells and different seaweed, different things like that. That are really good for soil. This adds that great organic matter into our soil. So, And does it help uh, loosen it up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because anything the clay-based, um, okay. the soil that we do have, and the and the big yellow bag is great too because it has it has real loam in it, but also it has a mix of of a lot of different organics and things like that. So, yeah. I got loam last year. You see? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. So that's a, that's a great base though. So now yeah. you can just start out and uh, and keep adding some nice organics, <clears throat> and and this the even the groundskeeper's pride organic fertilizer, um, mixing that into your soil because then you get some little bit more nutrients as well. Did you have a good growing season this year, John? Did it go good? 
Pretty good, yes. Good. I wasn't too pleased with the, my variety of uh, tomatoes that I got, but anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, my tomatoes are great. Actually, I find like they're just. I got too many right now. I got lots of cherry tomatoes. So and, <laughs> Yeah, and a medium. It, it, it was called like a super beef or so. It wasn't the beef steak. It was so it's it's called a super beef or something like that. I think, and oh. uh, it was a good midsize, a little bit smaller than a baseball, and uh, it, it did really well. Cucumbers like crazy this year, um, and I'll, I'd like to get a little bit smaller variety. Some of the cucumbers I got there. Like the size of a zucchini almost, so I get a little oh, bit too big. Long, yeah. yeah, so yeah. a little bit smaller ones. So, anyways, all right. Well, thanks for calling in, John. We'll talk hey, to you soon. Have a great one. I might see you down there. Take yeah, care. that'd be great. Look forward to it. <laughs> Bye thanks. now. Bye-bye. All right, and let's go to our Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hello. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Uh, my house was built in uh, 1962, and uh, in the, it faces west, and the first three or four feet in front of the house, I can't get it to grow anything, and uh, over the years I've tried all uh, suggested stuff and so on. It doesn't even grow weeds. What goes yeah, on it's there? just that hot up against the, up against the foundation. Right. Um, so... Have you ever amended the soil in that area? I I, I don't know what you mean by that. Okay, uh, just adding some good new like new soil, like adding some compost yeah. or topsoil or right. Just... Yes, I have. I've I've done all those things. Okay, so typically when when you get those hot areas, you can actually you should be able to grow. And uh, hey, Terry, are you with me here now? You back? Yeah, we're here. Yep. Yeah. So Terry, so Bill has a super hot area. So this led, leads to where we were talking earlier. Some of the sedums, the echinaceas. And if you plant a lot of these ones and then add some bark mulch after, you're going to have, you should have a spectacular garden. Anything else maybe Terry you could suggest to Bill? Um, yeah, really just focus on any of that, that drought tolerance. Uh, and if if needed, like how deep is um, how deep do you have that soil? Are you able to uh, raise it up a little bit and create a bit of a berm? Yes, I could, yes, I, I could, could do that. Too. But there, like I know that there's that that's, there's windows all along there. So yeah, it's probably just know that whatever you yeah, just know that whatever you're planting in terms of drought tolerant plants, um, you're still going to need to uh, water those in really well for the first couple yeah. of years. Yeah. And, then they should be um, better able to handle that on their own without a lot of care. <clears throat> okay. And bark mulch would make a big difference. I'm not sure if you use yeah. that, Bill. Um, okay. After you plant, get it, get yourself some the Foothills Premium Bark Mulch. Put that around it, and about inch or two th thick, and then water that in really well. And then that will just really help keep the moisture in that spot. Because those full sun areas, you should be able to grow some gorgeous plants we just got to get the soil good like terry said build it up and you might need to add a bit of a window well around with either uh four by fours or or something like that if you have to then you mentioned windows without seeing it but there's some other options that you might need to look at doing right. and uh but soil and mulch 
you, you, you should be able to, and you have the sun, so some people will just wish they had those because you should be right. getting some gorgeous areas. Okay, sounds good. All right. Yeah, just Thanks, even man. if you come down to the perennial lot, um, Chris, Terry, we have a team down there, great people. They'll we'll be able to steer you in the right direction. All right. Thank you, then. All right. Thanks, Bill. Goodbye. All right. We better take a quick break. And if you'd like to join Terry and I, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper as well, and he's uh, from down at Spruce It Up at the, in the tree lot, perennial section, keeping it all looking spectacular down there. All right, let's go to the phone lines. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Right now we're going to go to Jason. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? doing great how can i help you um i have a birch tree and it's kind of dying from the top down okay and i'm just wondering is that too late for it or do i, do I have to chop it down or how long it has it been doing that is that this this year this fall kind of thing or well no i, I it's been doing that since i bought my house about two years ago okay it so might be it dried out a bit too much so you probably look at getting that pruned out you could try um, typically what it is, it's just from not getting enough water. As the birch trees get taller and taller, um, they do require, they typically grow in moister areas, um, mm. closer to water and things like that. So they do need extra water. One thing I like to do with a birch is remove the grass and stuff from underneath it, add bark mulch underneath. It holds, keeps them a little bit moister. And they love Rage Plus. So if you can do a soaker hose around the drip line of that birch and give it a few pails of Rage Plus, I've seen some pictures where if the if depends how old the deadwood is, it's it's pushed life back into those branches. Like I've seen some of the pictures we have customers, they show us and it's the top 20% is gone. And within sort of six, eight weeks, it's leafed right back out again. So um, after a couple of years, you might be a little bit um, too late on that, but um, definitely get it pruned out and it'll be fine. Um, I, I heard they have like, it's called a watering bag that you wrap around the bottom of the trunk. Yeah. On that? these older trees, I, I wouldn't, it doesn't really do enough. Like you're, you're talking, those are, those are great for newly planted trees, but as the tree gets older, the, 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 the drip line and the roots where most of the water is going in is a lot further out. It's along the drip line, sort of like if you stick your arm out and sort of the tip of your fingers, that's similar to the branches of the trees. You kind of you want the water a little bit further out along the drip line. And, oh, uh, yeah, so it's just, yeah, those water, and there's just not enough. Those soaker hoses are the best. You put those along a, a birch tree underneath it, and just leave it for six, eight hours because that way you're not wasting any water. It's not oozing out everywhere. It's not running down the street. It's just soaking into it. Um, those are great because, you, you, like you said, you don't waste water in it, and it's not too much at one time. And with our hard soil, it's going to soak in. Do that for six, eight hours and then give it a couple pails of, of Rage Plus mixed in with water. And uh, that's a good recipe. They, For whatever reason, whatever it is in the, in the Rage Plus, um, birch trees love it so and they respond very well to it 
and so get those nice and healthy and then it can combat the, do you get lots of brown leaves on your birch tree or um yeah it's not not really lots of them but there are there are okay. a few okay not, yeah birch leaf miner is typically one of the pests that go through and and uh hits a lot of the birch trees but if you're not getting that that's great so but I just moved here from the Okanagan, and um, I found that the birch trees there too are are dying the same way. Yeah, it's is just it, it's, it's dry. It's no, it's just dryness. It's just desiccation. A um, little bit warm winters, a little less water, and and then the areas they just they just need that deep watering, and we need to because as those trees get older and older, it takes a lot more water to get all the way to the top, right? So. Mm -hmm. It's just Mother Nature's way. They'll shut down part of the tree, and and only and only put leaves out for as much moisture as it has. So, and so we got to help supplement with and just good watering. Like it's it, it it and it doesn't take a ton. So if you put it out there and doing that, just that slow deep watering every so often, especially earlier in the year and going into winter and early spring when that when it's leafing out. And that's the best time because sometimes like this past year, we had quite a dry spring and that's when it needs that moisture because it's when that, that's when it's creating all the leaves, it's pushing up all that energy. So that's when it needs the, the, the water and the rage plus and, and that's when it makes all the difference. So water did good here this fall um, and then try that next spring. And then if, if you don't see much improvement by um, July, you can call our printed up team because you shouldn't really prune your your birch or maples until summer or right up until now um you don't want to prune your birch and maples over the winter time so well fantastic right. thank you so much for your help all right take care thanks jason bye bye bye, -bye. um if you'd like to join us phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 hey terry we got a question which is the sweetest of the romance series of the of the cherries you caught me yeah you caught me i'm just trying to think off the top of my head there i know we had the we had a scale out there a few years ago because they're all measured by what was called the brick scale um yeah. i mean by sweeter they're marginally sweeter they're still all classed as, as sour cherries um i'd have to look that up and, and see okay. but well, um yeah, it, it is, and, and I guess that is their, like the Romeo, the Juliet, the Cupid, Crimson Passion, Carmine Jewel. From what I understand, I think the Romeo is one of the sweetest ones, um, from what I remember, and it's a little bit darker skinned of them. And, yeah, so I'm, I'll look at that too and see. I haven't really tested them. I'm always as happy if I'm eating a cherry in Calgary – I'm pretty happy if I'm eating yeah. a pear. <laughs> is it a little grittier than something I'm going to get in BC? Absolutely. Is sure the yeah. is the is the apple apples? We're close. We can get close. But some of these other ones, and same with the plum. Like you're going to eat a plum in Calgary. Is it a little smaller? Absolutely. But you're eating plums. You're eating cherries that you actually grew in Calgary. So hey, you got to go with it. So. And uh, and sometimes it, they're not going to be. We're not going to have the big lupin fruit sweetness that you're going to get from some of those in 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 BC. So yeah, but there is some here. We'll we'll look in this and and we'll see we'll see which one 
do they say? And if anybody's listening and have some thoughts on that, let us know what they think are the sweetest, and then we'll go from there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemmer. And in reading a bit on those University of Saskatchewan romance series, Cherry Trees, and like they're saying, a lot of them are fairly sweet compared to some of the sour. They're still considered a sour cherry, but uh, they do have as, as high a sugar content as you're going to get. And really, I think it becomes a bit of a taste, and looking at them, and sort of some of the comments I've read, there's and and some of the sweetness will depend on harvest time, your soil, and things like that as well. But the the Cupid and the and the Romeo seem to have the little darker color in the skin and the Crimson Passion, those three, and the little bit bigger. So from what I'm reading, those are the sweeter varieties that uh, that you're going to be able to get. But let's go to the phone line we're going to go to caroline good morning caroline hello good morning good morning you have the greatest gardening show merle you should be so proud you are so informative (laughs) and you help all the people thank you so much i appreciate it we try anyway i sent you a picture of my uh, on my cell uh, my uh, poinsettia that i bought in at the end of november i I give it a, a, a cup of water a week and now look at the color it's turned all green yeah, and that's and that's typically what they do. You're getting all the green color coming up, and re- so now you need to start putting it into the closet for 12 hours of darkness and then 12 hours of light. Put it in the in the closet every every day for 12 hours and then back out for 12. And, and if that I don't will do it, get. If I don't do it, it'll practically die then. It won't die. You just won't get the color. You might get a bit of the red bracts coming out on it. But you won't get it. You need that. It needs to get triggered, and and sort of so it, we're simulating the time, um, like if it's growing in the in the forest and or in the native areas in Mexico where they get the twelve and twelve. So wow, it yeah. never happens to me. Every Christmas I love a poinsettia, and this is the first time Merle that this has done this to me. I usually yeah, have no. to pull them out. Yeah, they yes, a lot of times but that means it looks nice and healthy, you got lots of new growth on there. Um so that's great. And yeah, and that's typically you have a little bit of the old color left, but sending all that new growth out, that's that's typically a good thing. So you could you could transplant it and put it into a little bigger pot and but it will get quite they can get quite big. So but if you right now you start putting it into the closet sort of 12 and 12 and uh, that will help trigger it to start changing color again. So when will that happen, like towards um, Christmas? Yeah, it'll come right at the Christmas, like early, late November. You'll start getting the color even a bit earlier, sort of mid to late November. It'll start changing, and then you'll see that. And then once you see it start changing on the top, is you can leave it out then. Wow. I All right. uh, have one of your uh, bird baths. For quite a few years, do you still sell the bird bass? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a good selection of bird bass. They're really nice. I'm in Tuscany, and I'm on the corner, and you yep. wouldn't believe the birds, how they love your bird bass. Well, that's very nice. Awesome. Keep it up, Merle. It's, it's such an interesting show. You should be so proud. Thank you so much. We are. We are we're, we're very happy. We love doing this show. So thank you thank so, you much, so much, Caroline. Keep up the good work. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. And healthy plants t- to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. There's a little inspiration, eh, Terry? Yeah. Healthy plants for us all. And uh, that that's okay. great. And, uh, and without everybody listening and stuff like that, and uh, I know we get asked if you mind doing this and on Sunday morning. I, I love it. Like I, I get up and look forward to it every Sunday, get to chat about plants, get to hear some good things. Much better than doing, uh, if I had to talk about Trudeau, I'd, go, <laughs> I'd be an angry dude. So. <laughs> so I get to talk about tulips instead of Trudeau. <laughs> much better, much better. <clears throat> much All right. Better. Absolutely. Where are we at for time? Actually, we got to take a break for the news, and we get back with the phone lines and and uh, answer all your questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. We are getting lots of calls about people asking about trimming lower branches on certain trees. Um, there was one where they had a huge crab apple and it was just so thick and Terry recommended waiting until all the leaves fall. Totally agree. If you can't see the structure of the plant on some of those, it is better to wait until you can get in there and see it. But some of them, if they're overhanging onto your, your house and things like that, you need to do it. Absolutely. Um, there was one elm trees. You cannot prune elm until end of I think it's end of September until April. Yeah, it has to be done throughout the winter um, to to prune off those on the elm trees. And birch and maple, they need to be done. They can still be done right now. They still have leaves on them. But typically, you don't want to do them over the winter. They will bleed on you and uh, and drip. So, But yes, it, and for the most part, if you have lower branches, things like that, if they're longer take them in two or three cuts like take the third off the end work your way towards the trunk and that way you don't get any tearing don't try and take a, the whole thing at one time anything over an inch hey terry because yeah it's just because it's they tear so easy and it's just and this way you can get a little bit more controlled cut you get work your way towards the trunk and then look for the collar like when you get closer to the trunk you'll see a little line that um, where the where the branch join, joins the trunk. And typically right there, that's called the collar. And you want to prune just outside the collar. That way that collar can heal over top of that stub. You don't want to leave stubs like that on your tree because then it, it will also create disease. It can't heal properly. So just do some proper pruning like that and you're, and you're good to go. But just take your time. You can't glue them back on once you... Uh, cut them off so you want to ensure that you just take your time because we we've joked about it and talked about it a few times you get get inside the middle of your tree and you're looking <laughs> up and you spun around five times and you're and, and you just start cutting because it, it feels good so and then yeah. you jump jump out of that tree and then you take a look at what you did right yeah it, oops yeah, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And then you grab those branches quick so your wife or your husband doesn't see it yeah, pretend like nothing happened. It happened, not that yeah, that's, for sure. Not that that's ever happened to me. But. I've done it myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, lots. You sort of make a cat. You go, Oops! Uh-oh. You look around. First thing to do is look around. You think, I hope no one's seen that. <laughs> that was not good. Yeah. So, anyways, 
Let's go to Rose. Good morning, Rose. Hi, Rose. Must be have the radio on. If you are on hold, if you can turn your radios off and just listen morning, to the Merle. phone. Good morning, Rose. Hi, Merle. Uh, I was just wondering in the garden uh, if you have an area of quack grass, you spray it now in the fall, leave it all winter, and then you uh, rototill it in the spring. Can you plant a garden, you know, with potatoes and vegetables? Um, you should, yes, they say you can. Um, you should be. I just don't like using Roundup in a veggie garden. Like, they say it's safe. They say it goes sterile as soon as it hits the soil. So if you spot spray the, the quack grass, you should, do you got lots of it, Rose, or? Do you have lots of crabgrass in your in your garden or just a bit? Okay. Okay, I think I lost her. I'm not too sure. Let's let's maybe I, okay. Just to, and I'll just answer how I would. I I, I took me in a vegetable garden. Okay. I would just no, keep no, digging I, it out. I just can't hear. I don't know if it's my phone, Merle. I can't hear you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure if you have the radio still on too. But yeah, if you just want to hang more? up. Yeah, okay, if you want to, yeah, you should turn the radio down. But what I would do is typically I try not to spray Roundup in the veggie gardens, things like that, because they say it'll go, it just goes neutral when it hits the soil. Okay. Hello. But yeah, and then I would just dig out. Hey, Tony, I think we just let's just move on. Well, let's go to Don. Thanks. Hi, Don. Hello, is Don there? Hello, is Don there? Good morning, Don. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hi, Don. Hi. Hi. Uh, can you hear me now? Absolutely. How can oh, I help great. you? Great. I am battling aphids uh, terribly on my Virginia creepers, and I'm losing the battle. Uh, I've sprayed them with pure spray green uh, for successive weeks. I've taken the hose to them, and I, I come and go through the summer, so I'm not you know, I'm not on them all yeah. the time. Is there anything else I can do? Like, I'm losing my Virginia creeper. Yeah, yeah. What there is, and once they get gone past a certain point, um, so the bug X will work good with the permethrin, pure spray green. Okay. But it's more starting in like early July. If you okay. if we give them a spray when the when the foliage still looks good, and yeah. and that's sort of when they're laying their eggs and doing their thing. If we can get control of them then, it's a yeah, lot harder right. now because most of the damage is done as well, mm -hmm. and we're not going to be able to get the leaves back. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the, just do a really good fall cleanup. Okay. Yeah. So, so, it, yeah, so that, maybe. yeah, and you're kind of doing it every that five days or once a week. Yeah. 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 So unfortunately, you must have a nice hot spot that they just. Yes loved and so you maybe mix it up try to do the try the bug x with the permethrin it, it is a little bit stronger than the pure spray green okay but it, i have had great luck with the pure spray green as well so but if you are having that do a really good fall cleanup is one thing i'd recommend for you like mm -hmm. when all the leaves fall off on that do a really good cleanup of all that and then when it just starts leafing out give everything a really good spray like spray the ground and spray the all the vines and all that to start mm -hmm. off and then that
hopefully we'll get some of it before they're hatching. Okay. Okay. Will they will they survive the winter? Well, they, they nest down into the soil. So that's sort of oh, why okay. I'm saying we maybe want to do a soil drench, do a good cleanup, and then maybe okay. even give the soil a, a drenching with the pure spray green. Okay. Um, even this, like, once they start falling here in, like, in the next two or three weeks. Okay. I will get Yeah, you have a spot they love. You're probably getting those leaf hoppers too, not just aphids, I'm assuming. You get the little flies that fly around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like when I spray them with the hose, like there's, it's, it's a cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are, uh, those are the leaf, little leaf hoppers as well. So the, they get in there. They love the Virginia creeper. So. Okay. Okay. I will give. Yeah. That so a try, try the primethrin, and you have a little heavier. It's a little bit heavier duty than the pure spray green, and hopefully that should help you. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Rose. Okay. Yeah, it's annoying, like, because the Virginia Creeper Terry is so... Oh, yeah, sorry. No, I was just talking to Terry. Um, so, like, Dawn had that, and uh, so for Terry, um, that, it's just annoying when you get those uh, Virginia Creeper, and they look so good. They look and, great, but, yeah, are plagued by... Um, those leaf hoppers, it, leaf it's hoppers crazy. Leaf hoppers and aphids, and, yeah, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a battle. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, but like you mentioned, it's you know it's important to get on that early. You know, make sure you jump on that. You know, starting earlier in the season. Um, once it's sort of out of control, then the to try and get a win on is much much tougher, right? Well, and you're not going to get the leaves back, right? No. Like, like once they've, if you see those dry leaves, unless you go around and pick everything off or cut everything off or deadhead, um, you're not going to change the aesthetics of your of your virginia creeper but i know if, if you typically hit it and and maybe we should um with with the virginia creeper maybe go right to the bug x with the permethrin it is a little bit stronger and uh we'll hit it with those um we'll recommend that a bit more uh going into next season on some of those like with the virginia creeper because um you don't want to see people lose that because you want to get that beautiful foliage and then we're going into fall um this that you get that gorgeous red and orange on your virginia creeper which is which is beautiful and that's sort of why you want to grow those if, and if you lose them to that leaf leaf hopper it's just it's a nasty thing all right we're going to take a quick break and when we get back phone lines are open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And we do have a full phone board right now, so let's go to that. Let's go to Gladys. Good morning, Gladys. Hello. Hi, Gladys. How can we help you? I have uh, a Moogle pine that's losing all its needles, a lot of needles. A Moogle pine? Is it losing it in the middle? Uh, more in the middle, yes. Yeah. So, and that's typically normal. I'm seeing a bit of that right now going into fall. They do a natural needle shed, and they'll sort of start going yellow, and then they'll drop off. So we'll we'll start seeing, and it and they get triggered by the full moon as well. Like same with the deciduous um, trees, the needles on on some of the spruce, the pine. We'll see that. <clears throat> 
going into fall where we see the the inside of the needles going yellow and that's that's pretty normal just ensure that your your water good into fall um gladys and you should be good well i noticed earlier in the spring that we had little white spots on the needles yeah and that's normal that's just them sweating <clears throat> that's just a sugar content coming out um from the from the it's sort of like the sap it's just the way they sweat out Okay. Muga pines, the bristlecone pines, they show up a lot more. And you'll see little crystallization. It's just it's just them sweating and then the one that comes out, it's just the sap crystallizing on the outside of the needle. Okay. Uh I did spray it with uh pure spray green where which where I could reach it. Yeah. Um yeah, those ones typically don't need a whole lot of spraying. Um they're pretty tough. They, they deter a lot of bugs. Um, some of the the pine beetles and stuff will get into them, but you should be good. It, it, it's uh, it's just doing what it does. They they normally will sweat out like that, and then they get their little crystallization a little bit on the needles. Um, totally normal. Okay, okay. All Thanks. right. Thank you very just much. Just water didn't get to fall, and then you'll be good. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Um, and a hey, Terry, like the bristlecone pine is one that people will see that and they think it's scale or something. Yeah. So Yeah. They're supposed to be there. Yeah, just just normal. Um and uh so yeah, so don't worry. It's all good. But we're always happy to answer those questions as well, so that way everyone knows what's going on. And I do have um a question on uh um, Sylvia has a lemon lace elder and she emailed me and she has one that is is doing really good and then one that's not doing quite as well on one side Terry um, any any thoughts on what, what can someone do like to get the small bush to make grow like the one on the left like it's just it, and it is tough like sometimes you get one that just flourishes and some of the other ones are just suffering a little bit, and they just seem to be stunted. And the only thing I could say is we could try to maybe the soil's a little bit different or got planted a little bit deeper than the other one because the new growth looks good, Sylvia, on this plant. Any 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 thoughts when you have two plants of the same kind and one just looks stunted, Terry? What Any ideas what someone can do? Yeah, I was just trying to find your pictures there to see if I could. Actually, you probably don't have it. It was on an email, so I can oh, okay. forward it All to right. you. Yeah. Um, so what she has, yeah, she has two lemon lace elders right beside yeah. each other. One on the left is gorgeous, sort of oozing out, lots of, and the other one looks a little bit, just looks stunted, not pushing out. Yeah, I definitely would check the, the planting height, uh, make sure that the one didn't get planted a little deeper than the other or, or settled then you might have planted them at the right height, but maybe the one on the right, you know, maybe you dug that hole a little bit deeper and yeah. it's settled more on you, so it's struggling. That would be my first thing I'd check. Um, and then the next thing would be, um, yeah, just uh, soil. Like, is there, did, did you have something in the other spot that maybe the soil was a little richer, uh, perhaps? But definitely, I think it's probably a, a planting issue. Yeah, that's that, true. my that first thought together, when I look at this. Yeah. Yeah. These are within 10 feet sort of of each other. So it's, yeah, ones at each post. So sort of an eight to 10 foot apart. Um, so yeah, I, I just think maybe the one on the right, Sylvia, is just planted a little bit deeper. 
and uh, and you do have Mark um, booked to come out and have a look at your your trees. He can have a quick look at it. But myself, I would pull some of the soil away from the one on the right, so it because it's just not growing quite as good. And and just see checking the height, and uh, hit it with a little bit of Rage Plus, a little extra, and uh, see if we can just get it out of its. Uh, it just looks a little bit stunted for whatever reason. All right, where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to. Dale. Good morning, Dale. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah, I got a problem. Uh, I got seven Manitoba um, maples, and right mm. next to it, I have a Saskatoon bush. I go to my fence, and there's thousands of these bugs, and I look them up, and they're called a box elder bug. Now, can they kill my trees? Or, like, I'm talking thousands on my fence and they're red and they're ugly Aaron. yeah no and it's it's one that uh right now we're getting an infestation of them they're it, it, it they love the they, they love the box elder right now and mark who runs our printed up division he was out doing he was actually on the on the job site working with the team this past week and he sent me some pictures and they love the hot dryness right now and this is kind of when they will get in. They can, um, t they like to suck the juices out of the out of the plants. So I would just try to hose them off. You can definitely use um, the the bug X with the permethrin in it to to, to try and go after them. Um, th it's a hard one because you're gonna they're gonna there's just such a big infestation of them. Unless you, how big are your trees? Oh, they're from uh, 1960. Okay, so they're big. Um, yeah, so it, I would probably try to call a a spraying company out to, right. to do that and uh, and see if you can get that looked after. If you call Mark with our pruned up division, he can line it up. We have a we have a gentleman that we work with that does all of our spraying, and yeah, uh, we can get him out to have a look at that for you. And okay, uh, will will they attack my Saskatoon bush? They shouldn't. They like going after the 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 Manitoba maples, the box elder, and they love hanging out by the house. Though they will, they can get into the house. Typically, I get lots of calls onto that. They love going up against a warm south facing wall, and yeah. then they'll crawl into the house. They love that. So. Um, Oh, oh, okay. Um, thanks. It's just I've never seen so many in all my. Ever. Yeah, we have the perfect conditions for them right now, and it's just it, it, it's just this is the time of year when you're going to see this when they come into their own. The super warm weather, the concrete's nice and heated up from all summer. The bark on the trees is warm, and uh, this is sort of when they 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 this gravitate out, and this is when we'll see them. So, wow. Okay, okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. We should probably just we'll just chat here for real quick. Terry, any any thoughts on those on the on those box elders? Any other? Yeah, I I have issues with them at my place. I don't actually have box elders on my property. My neighbors do, but they seem to find their way to my yard and uh, into my front sun porch actually. So I've actually found the best win on them. Is I just go after them with a shop vac. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah, and and that works great too. I can control a large mass of them um, in pretty short order. Yeah, 
they love to stick to the front side of my house as well um, and on my garage because they both face south. And, uh, yeah, yeah so get they, the they love that warm and, spot. Yep. Love All right. So. All right. Perfect. Just like us on a nice summer day, you find that nice <laughs> right. hot spot. All right. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to <laughs> Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered, and we got you covered with some great sales on right now. End of year season clear-out sales, so we like to offer some good deals out there. And the, the best ones are the perennials and the shrubs, and the other ones are good, too. The buy more, save more. So you buy five, you get... 50% off everything, so good deal. All right, let's go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Hello. Hi, Myrna. Yes. <laughs> How can um, we help you? Okay, I'm having trouble with my tulips. Okay. Uh, I can't seem to get them to grow anymore. I planted some like two falls ago. They came up last spring, and they didn't come up this spring. Last fall, I planted some more, and these ones didn't come up at all. Any idea what's going on there? Do you have squirrels? I don't, squirrels I, love to dig them up over the winter time, unfortunately. So, so if you, I've if been watching, and I haven't seen where that's happening. Okay. Is the are, are they are they is it in a nice sunny location? Yes, they are. Okay, because that's very important. I've um, got some old ones. And they've come up every year. But these new ones that I try to get to grow, they just don't grow. Okay. And depending on, did you get them at a garden center or a box store-ish type place? A garden center. Okay. Then you should be good because typically they're bringing in the right varieties. Um, mm -hmm. And most of the tulips are good. But they just check the variety planted in in the in the right um, sunny location, the right depth. Um, yeah, tulips, usually they're pretty bulletproof. Like if they're in a good sunny location, that's the biggest part I find is they don't get put into a warm enough location and, and then they come up too late and then okay. they just don't do good. So if they're, if it's a bit shady or not quite as hot spot, they come up later, like in June and they just don't seem to do as well because it's just a little bit too late for them. And they oh, don't okay. like the warm days. They like the cool mornings. They like the cool days still. So that's sort of when they come up in those sunny locations. They'll come up earlier spring, and they, they just like it a little bit cooler. They don't like it. Like in July, they just they hate it. It's just too yeah. too hot. Yeah. So. Okay, I'll give them one. Yeah, so shot. I can't say you could try some bone meal. Um, they yeah. do like the and ensure that your feed your like your soil. You might want to try some fifteen thirty fifteen after they're totally dormant here, like in end of September, early October. Maybe give it a good watering in with some fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. Um, get some phosphate in there. Feed those bulbs, and uh, so that way they have the right energy for next spring. And just and just ensure maybe dig down in a couple spots where they're make sure they're still there that you didn't yeah. have any squirrels or anything over the winter. Okay. Can Alrighty. I ask another question? Absolutely. Um, I had a blue flax that died and it was dropping its seeds right where I walk. So I've been walking over the little 
the little plants that have been coming up. So I potted up about five of them. Now, how do I keep them? Can I bring them in the house for the winter, or uh, should I'll I let Terry? Them? I'll let Terry help you out with this one, <laughs> Terry. Yeah, no, just plant them outside. Um, let them go through the the winter. They'll need that period of dormancy. Okay. Um, yeah, and they should be just fine. But no, I wouldn't bring them in. Okay. Plant them, in so your garden. Yep. plant them outside. Yep, you bet. Super. Okay, thanks a lot. All right. Okay, have a good day, you guys. <coughs> I'm okay, seeing bye-bye. lots of, with all the needles and pine and spruce cones, Terry, that have fallen this year, I'm seeing so many little baby spruce trees everywhere. <coughs> so all those pine cones and spruce cones that we've seen, over the over that while where we're all concerned about yeah. we're just seeing so many little spruce trees uh, that have been germinated underneath and i was out uh in bears pot area yesterday and there's this big rock sitting there and it already had some moss growing in the crevices and things like this so this is like a a three or four foot boulder about six feet wide but it had these moss growing in some crevices but all these little spruce trees <clears throat> were growing up into right on top of the rock oh, and I really? grabbed my yeah so I grabbed Derek <laughs> and we were out and he said hey like that's he's taking olds I said that's this is how the forest works right and the spruce <laughs> trees grow up in the mountains and they grow in those little crevices and uh it was just pretty cool it was just really neat to see um it was sort of like a like a miniature mountain where you get to actually see it um, happening. So it was it was kind of cool. And happy belated birthday to my son. He's uh, he turned twenty yesterday. So we all spent the day together doing a bunch of stuff. So it was good. And so happy birthday to him. He's off to Olds College on Tuesday. So he gets to start his second semester of that. So uh, he'll be a horticulturist in in a few months so we'll see how that yeah. all goes <laughs> all right we better take a quick break if you'd like to join us we do have a couple spots open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Merle coombs and i am here with terry kemper we're gonna go right to the phone lines we're gonna go to Angie. Good morning, Angie. Good morning. How can we help you? Uh, got some tomato plants that I grow like 20 or 25 plants every year, and I alternate spots. And okay. this year, for some reason, I sent you some pictures. The flowers are falling off of the plant, and I don't know why. And it's all okay. on drip line. I don't water overhead. It's all yeah. drip line. And I okay. have black land cape tarp over the ground so that the weeds control weeds okay so it sounds like you're doing it do you replace the soil every year or use new soil or amend it no it's it's this it's i say alternate over two locations each of each year okay um tomatoes are heavy feeders so they do require um lots of nutrients are you on a are you on a regular feeding basis then we're farmers, so when I remember, yeah. I do it. But yeah. <laughs> it, I hear time you. Time goes by so fast when we're trying to do the farming. So. No, absolutely. So, so just like just like the fields, though, we need to replenish the the nutrients in your soil. So even when you when you rotate, if we're not adding anything new to the soil, I, I'm I'm just thinking that there's just not enough in there as well. 
Okay. And a little bit of inconsistent watering when we get this heat and the warm w summer that we've had. Um, inconsistent watering and and not enough food will, will cause that blossom drop. Okay, because uh, the only thing different this year would be probably lack of nutrients because everything else I've kept the same. Yeah, and you so, have the drip system, which is great, so that's yeah. perfect. So I had, would just I've suggest... Had tomato, sorry, I've had tomato um, and rot in previous years when I watered on top. That's why I put it... Yeah underneath yeah and are you getting any fruit at all or is it all the blossoms are dropping off yeah. off the 20 plants i might have 10 tomatoes <laughs> oh really yeah that's yeah. no good yeah i would yeah. i would just i'm just thinking that this the soil is ready it needs a and even if you just take out the top third of the of the bots okay we're in the are you in the ground or in the in boxes or ground ground okay perfect yep. yeah so i would just if do you, well, being a farm, like, do you have access to aged manure or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we have cow, aged cow manure. Okay, so make sure it's <laughs> at least two years old. Okay. And uh, I'd work some of that into it right now so, in the fall. If you and, put too much, uh, will it burn them or is that? Yeah, but if it's open? aged like that, that's why I was asked. So if you have the oldest stuff, is the better. So mix in some of that. Like, just go four or five inches on top and shovel it in really good, like turn it over really well, add some of that compost in there. Um, Can you rotor That will it be in? good. Yep. Rotor and then just get on a bit of a steady feeding, the 15, 30, 15. Um, 15 tomatoes 30, love 15. that, just a little bit of high phosphate. Okay, so should I, because we have lots of access to lots of fertilizer, so when we're fertilizing the spring, the field, should I throw Yeah, a if you bit have some granular, too? something yep. a good, even like a 20, like depending what you're using, like, but if you have something with a higher middle number, would be great if you're adding that to your fields for sure just be careful not too heavy like work it in the same way you would just a nice even covering mix it into the soil that'd be great a soil release okay. granular is perfect okay because yeah usually i have enough tomatoes that i give it to the neighbors so this year there's like i say there's none so okay no nope, yeah. we will try that yeah just like you fertilize your fields every year same with that so just it, over the years if you haven't really done anything to it it's just getting depleted okie dokie all righty Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And it's it's funny. I've gone through this driving um, around out in the country. You see some fields that looks like there's just an abundance of hay. Terry, I don't know if you've noticed. And then some fields seem like the bales are just very sparse. Like they seem spread out so far apart. Like you kind of get used to seeing them when you drive around. You'll see, hey, there's a bale, a bale, a bale, a bale. It looks sort of normal. Some I've seen this look. Like there's this abundance of bales out in the field, and then some it seems like they're spread out like one every <laughs> kilometer or something. So it seems <laughs> like just nothing. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'd like to know kind of a bit more on on what's going on there. But uh, where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to George. Good morning, George. Morning. How can we help you, George? Yeah, just. Uh, I got a hedge along the, my house and it's protruding up to the alley like, and I keep trimming him down but I want to kill him. What can I use to kill him? Um, what kind of hedge is it? I'm not, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't think it's a Tony Aster. It's sometimes a shrub. So you want to you want to kill the whole hedge or just the suckers coming up? No, I just I want to kill the hedge because it just kind of become, becomes dangerous. So. Yeah, so most of it, if you, you probably need to remove it anyway, so I would just try and, if you can't dig it out yourself, maybe look at getting somebody in to dig it out for you. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. 
Emerald Coombs and quick text. Um, I didn't, uh, and we have a Richard from Lethbridge. He sent in, I think he sent in one last week, and uh, it was a, a couple of flies doing their thing with some red aphids. Great picture. Uh, they're having a date night. It was uh, so you can just imagine what they were doing on the branches there, and uh, <laughs> then they were going to snack on some red aphids after. So. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty cute picture and he just said he's been cutting the lawn and at this time of year too we're going to get a lot of those leaf hoppers are in the grass um it's just it's kind of normal they get into the grass they're kind of feeding like they're not they're not going to harm the grass for the most part it's just if when their grass maybe you just cut a little bit shorter they they get they love it when the grass gets a little bit longer you'll see those so thanks for listening down in Lethbridge as well let's go to Colleen good morning Colleen good morning uh, we've got a mature Haskup berry bush and it's kind of overtaking the area it's gotten very large I was wanting to know how and when I can trim it Terry when's the best time to trim your Haskup at this point I would probably wait until till the spring uh, let it over winter see if anything you know if you get any tip kill or anything like that on it over the winter um and then at that point if it's getting if it's too large um you can use that rule of trimming it back by about a third okay should she wait till it's just when it's already bloomed and then just do it right after blooming or wait probably, for the fruit to probably. production yeah so i think that's good that was the thing i was going to say is that um probably put it let it put on a uh, how big is the shrub right now it's probably about six seven feet tall and at least seven eight feet around it okay and what size do you want to take it down to uh well it's just kind of crowding the sidewalk right now so if i took it back by even a third that would help yeah okay so uh, so you're not really interested so much for the the fruit side you just want to control the, the the size and shape of it at this point right yeah okay so you get out there now and, and do that. You could could trim that back. Just know that you're probably going to uh, trim off the um, the flower buds, so the fruiting part of it for next year. At this point, so it'll leaf out next year, it'll be smaller, but you probably see little to no fruit at this point. It'll just need a year to reset itself to to get back to its normal fruiting. If yeah, I so just take it back. Next, sorry, if I wait it till next spring after it had had uh, fruited and we picked the fruit, could we? then trim it then and still have fruit the following year there's probably a good chance you'll still lose it because you're gonna you're gonna end up cutting it right back and depends if you do it right after it's done it might have time to set again but really if you if it's going to be a hindrance it's maybe just good to get that over with and and set it down to a little bit shorter than your ideal height and then just every every time it gets that new growth just keep it trimmed a little bit more at that time so that way it doesn't go um, kind of crazy on you because they will grow quite big. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. And I think I still have time for one more quick one. Let's go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Yes, good morning. Uh, I have two quick questions. Number one, uh, for the first time this year, I planted bell pepper plants in a pot. Do you need more than one? Do they need to cross-pollinate? Do they need male, female? 
they they typically will even just pollinate off themselves but they typically if you have a, a a group of them they will do better i know i've got an abundance of peppers this year i didn't grow any of the bell peppers but i did grow um like the habanero and the jalapenos and the chili peppers i got lots of them um so typically yeah they need they need and did you get you just need the bugs too like you need the bees and that to help with that pollination the nice spot are you get you getting no peppers or well no i i got a few but i just i want to do more next year because they turned out not bad i just want to yep. know like if i buy a particular strain no you'll, you'll be thing? fine they can they can pollinate with each other that's fine yeah okay the second question is I planted a clematis uh, three years ago, and the green part is growing like crazy. It gets about seven hours of sun a day. I keep it mulched. I keep it watered. It's not flowering. Yeah. I, I, we're just out of time, but I'd recommend is feed it right now, 15, 30, 15, high middle number, and then you should be good to go. Hopefully that will help next spring. We got to go. We're out of time, and we'll be here next week to get our garden on right here on QR Calgary.